Hello, my name is uh, Tamakazi, and this is the fifth episode, uh, fifth episode of Voices, and my guest today is uh, Scott. And uh, I'll uh, let Scott uh, introduce himself, uh, tell, him, tell us a little bit about himself. Hey guys, I'm Scott Leifer. I'm a fellow karaoke enthusiast. I actually live in the Boston area, which is probably different than most of the people you happen to interview. Uh, but I come down to the D.C. area pretty frequently for work and to socialize when I can. And I uh, met a very cool group of karaokeers uh, out at Solly's U Street Tavern. And I've been going there for years now. And uh, that's kind of how my karaoke connection started. So uh, you were telling me, like, how did you exactly find Sully's? So it was my birthday a few years ago. I won't say how old I was or am, but uh, I felt like I had to get out. I went out to eat with a couple of work friends who wanted to retire early for the night. And I'm like, oh, it's my birthday. I got to go do something fun. And my biggest guilty pleasure absolutely has to be karaoke. So I had an old app on my phone called Karaoke Loop. And I think it ceased to function. I don't know. The good folks that maintain that don't seem to do that anymore. But on that app, I found something called Costume Karaoke with a K. And I'm like, oh, really? Costume Karaoke? That sounds like a good birthday thing to do. So I got in a cab, I think, at the time. I'm not even sure if Uber existed. And went out there. And it was a pretty rowdy scene. And... Somebody said, introduced me to the KJ, I think it was Aubrey, and they said, hey, it's your birthday, you get a birthday cut. And so I got up there and got to sing, and uh, I've been hooked on it ever since. So um, what did you sing? You know, it's funny, because when you do karaoke, you always kind of balance, like, do I do a personal favorite, or do I do a crowd favorite? And I'm like, okay, you know, it's a younger, kind of hipper crowd, and I'm used to I better do something a little more modern. And I think at the time, I had just seen... Green Day's American Idiot uh, in New York City. Uh, thank you for the drink. And uh, so I probably Holiday or American Idiot, something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so how long have you been doing karaoke? So, I never really did karaoke much when I was you know, younger and back in school, college days, just wasn't much of it around. And back about 15 years ago, maybe a little less than that, I reconnected with an old high school buddy who lived in New York City. And he's like, oh, do you like to go karaoke? There's a lot of fun places to go in New York City. And I happened to have, I traveled there for work quite a bit over, you know, a couple of year period. And so every time I went to New York City, we got out and uh, like kids again, you know, out there singing every single night, out till three, four in the morning. Hope nobody from work's listening. And, uh, you know, had an absolute time of our lives, just hopping around, doing as many songs as we wanted, even getting like a karaoke room, yeah. you know, get, getting some much needed practice in. So been doing it for a while. And uh, usually, you know, when I'm on a work trip, it gives me the time to do it. The Boston scene isn't as active as it seems to be in other places. So speaking of New York, um, I I actually take road trips up to New York to karaoke. Uh, so I really like uh, Sing Sing on Avenue A. Uh, uh, that one I really like a lot. Uh, it's uh, I, I, uh, actually there's a book called um, Turn Around Bright Eyes, a karaoke book, and uh, basically it was like they mentioned a Sing Sing. I don't think it was that one, but it's still so great no matter what. 
Yeah, you know, there might even be like two different Sing Sings yeah, in New York. Is. is there? Yeah, St. Mark's. So it's funny. My friend, too, he's, he's crazy. My friend Keith, he sets up these like karaoke road trips, and we'll go to New York, and he'll be like, all right, we're going to this place for a half hour, and this place, and this yeah. place, and we'll kind of hop around. So I seem to know most of the places. I know there's a couple <laughs> of Sing Sings. Yeah. There's a place called Planet Rose, which is pretty cool. It has these funky couches. Um, yeah, maybe some of the other names are escaping me but there seems to be some new ones that always crop yeah. up there might be a place called Pulse okay. kind of near Times Square which uh, that place is cool they pump dry ice in as you yeah. sing oh, so you get the get the real rock star wow. experience and there's a bunch of places in Koreatown which too I think it's called Pulse that I <laughs> so you, you gotta check that out you have to ask them to do it but they'll do it and then uh, a lot of times we'll hit Koreatown there's like three or four different places on the same little street and strip and usually a good scene there too yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, uh, I haven't made a, a trip up there this year yet, but I'm very excited to do so. Uh, it's it's just a blast because you go in and nobody knows you, and you you can like test out new stuff and be like, well, well you don't know me. I'm just gonna sing this <laughs> and, and kind of get a reaction, see what what uh, what other people think. Absolutely, yeah. It's funny. My wife and I have an anniversary trip every summer. We go to New York for a few nights and. Well, she probably knows it now, but uh, we're going in two weeks. We're going, and karaoke will probably be a part of each of the nights. You know, yeah. we'll do a few nice, regular, romantic, normal couple things, but then we'll quickly find a path to karaoke. Yeah, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, so, uh, so what are your, what are your go-to songs and your musical influences? So that's a really good question. Uh, you know. My go-to songs normally, things I listen to in real life, are more like, you know, cheesy 80s metal and rock and even 70s stuff. But a lot of my go-tos will be a little more modern, you know, okay. like modern, quote-unquote, you know. I'll do the Foo Fighters, okay. Green Day, Killers, that kind of stuff. That's really my favorite stuff that I listen to a lot these days that will actually be on karaoke lists. But, you know, usually the more drinks I have, the more you'll hear warrant or poison or kiss or <laughs> Def leopard or you know some of the old standards come out yeah so i love um yeah i know you're a huge kiss fan and uh yeah kisses are great i love uh love beth the song beth uh the um, detroit rock city is just absolutely awesome and the so do you like weezer Actually, I love Weezer. I just set up a playlist on my phone of yeah. my favorite Weezer stuff. And it's funny because I was a big Weezer fan from the beginning. You know, yeah. the first album was produced by Rick Ocasek from The Cars, yeah. and he's a really cool fellow Boston guy and uh, Boston band. And uh, I recently sort of rediscovered some of their stuff. I got into Ratitude again. Oh, yeah. You know, just awesome, awesome stuff. So I love Weezer. Yeah. I like all their stuff. Yeah. reason why I ask is because of all the, the Kiss well, yeah. call-outs, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. In my garage, especially yeah. where they he's got Ace Freely and Peter Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, big Weezer fan. Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to hear some uh, some uh, Weezer from you at Sully's. Yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah. So uh, it's really pretty awesome, my guy, because our friend group um, see you actually quite a bit, so much so that we actually – sometimes think that you live here or something which is awesome because uh you've actually came to a you also you've also come to a revolutionary exchange production like events which is awesome yeah i gotta give a big shout out to uh professor rex and that whole event that uh 
that was an amazing event. I think it was Sad Song Karaoke that I went to, and that was really fun. I got to compete in that, made it to the second round, and uh, had a blast. But another interesting little connection, too, was the first night that I ever went karaokeing. Uh, my friend who no longer lives in the area, but I was standing there alone at karaoke, and he sort of befriended me. And we started talking, and at the end of the night, exchanged info. And it turns out he is also, like I am, a competitive Scrabble player. So one of my other crazy little addictions, yeah. uh, you know, just happened to run into a karaoke person. And now, like you said, like I'll go into Solly's and probably 10 different people will say hi to me. And they think I live in the area, which I don't. But I, I frequent it so much on any Thursday that I can when I'm in town. Or I think it used to be Wednesdays, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a great bunch of people, a lot of familiar faces. And uh, it's kind of like Cheers in Boston. Everybody knows your name. <laughs> Which is absolutely great. Um, yeah, so if you've uh, listened to other episodes, uh, Sully's is a common destination for many of us. It's, uh, on, uh, it's by the U Street metro area in um, Washington, D.C. Uh, so speaking of Boston, um, what are some of the places that you recommend? Because I went to a place, I could barely remember the name, but I remember the scene, and I was like, based on the comments, like, on online, this was supposed to be one of the most hopping places, and I was very perplexed when I went. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because the most popular place in the Boston area is absolutely the Hong Kong, right in the heart of Faneuil Hall. Everyone goes there, you know... I, I think a lot of people think the word karaoke is Japanese for drunk singing, and so you get that, but the problem is the sound system's horrible, you can't hear yourself or other people sing, you're tucked away in a corner, nobody even knows who's singing, and it's a really, really bad setup. So my friend and I you know, went there initially a couple of times, because it is a fun party scene, but not the place you want to go to karaoke. Uh, my favorite place is probably this place called Limelight, which is right near the theater district on Tremont Street in Boston. Really cool place and great sound, great stage. You know, there's a little bit of a cover and the song selection's yeah. not as good, but that's probably the best bet if you're in the heart of Boston. You know, otherwise, you can check around. There's a couple of places near BU and smaller places. Um, but yeah, and I live south of Boston, so it's really like hit or miss. Once in a while, you'll find a bar that happens to have karaoke on some random night, but... It's few and far between. I see. So DC is definitely my uh, second home for that. Okay. Um, so, so we probably need to make a road trip at some point. I think um, to uh, a place called Rocket Grill. I don't know if you've ever been to Rocket Grill because Rocket Grill doesn't their song selection isn't isn't really diverse, but they have all the the hard rock um, uh, it, like uh, stuff classic rock but their sound system's unbelievable i mean it is like it's in uh it's in alexandria virginia so we we probably need to like coordinate this because kenny like well professor rex loves to go to um well he loves to he loves karaoke anywhere so (laughs) it's not really it's not really um it's not really that's not (laughs) that's not a question there's no question about like oh yeah there's very few places he, he will absolutely be game to go. 
You know, one thing I should mention too, and I'm not sure if you guys, I'm sure you guys must have mentioned this in other episodes, or you will, but I know you guys have been doing something where you track how many karaoke songs you sing, <laughs> yeah. and you've both done hundreds per year. Any of my friends that happen to wind up listening to this, or family members that think I'm a karaoke addict, I'm not even close. I've smoking, smoking. I, you know, I'm like one cigarette, and they're like ten packs a day, <laughs> karaoke-wise. You know. They, they are just ridiculously hooked. Any day of the week, they'll know where to go and what to do, and they keep videos and logs of every song. So, I, I aspire to get to that level someday. But uh, yeah, I would take you up on any invite to go to this other place, and because I really like the experience of being on the stage. You know, the yeah. sound system's important. Yeah. You get your few minutes to be a rock star, and you know, and you kind of call the shots. You pick your song, and you know, you got to have a good system. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to make this happen. Um, uh, because it is by far the loudest place I've ever been. Uh, well, I mean, I sang, well, the songs I chose to sing were not quiet songs either. So, I mean, Run to the Hills is not a quiet song <laughs> by any stretch of imagination. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's plenty loud and plenty loud enough. Uh, there's been other songs I've sang there, but it's been a little while since I've been there. And uh, speaking of uh, Professor Rex and myself, we're doing this... Um, this adventure called uh, Picasso Hut 1000. So we're trying to do a thousand songs between the two of us, a thousand different songs between the two of us without any overlap. So I'm currently at like 455. He's at, I think, like 337. So that's all this year. Yeah, that, that's this year, and we're in, uh, we're, we're just past July. <laughs> so, so we're doing pretty well. Uh, I think we're closing in on 800 songs, so one, we're obviously going to still karaoke after we get to 1,000, but the goal is uh, we have some art-related projects to work into, um, into, uh, into the theme of all this. So the first 1,000 songs, actually, we're planning on actually uh, making T-shirts with the songs on, on it and like basically uh, portrait T-shirts. So there will be a portrait of me and a portrait of, of uh, Professor Rex. Uh, so it will be pretty cool. In it. So the person making the portraits is also me. <laughs> so, so it's going to take a little bit of time. So we kind of have to finish early. And not all the songs for the whole year is going to be. But the first thousand will be there. Yeah, that is impressive. I hope. <laughs> I'm almost speechless just even thinking about that. But it is something to see. And I know you guys, too. You don't just stay in one genre. You guys are all over the place. I've heard you do Iron Maiden. I've heard you do show tunes. I've heard you just do all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's pretty wild to see. Even Re like Professor Rexel seemed to do an original song. I'm like, wow, how'd that even get in the karaoke list? So uh, you guys are very uh, creative. And uh, you bring a great spirit to the whole thing. So... Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, meeting Professor X has been uh, really just so much fun. Uh, and uh, within uh, our friend group, we, uh, all of us are like uh, just exploring and having a lot of fun creating. And uh, uh, having spoken to you, you're a, you're a songwriter yourself, right? Yeah, actually, I've been a songwriter for many, many years. Like going back to middle school, I mean, 30-plus years of writing songs. I even, you know almost 10 years ago made my own album and I'm working on recording my next one yeah. um, I have a close friend named Jeff back at home and 
he's an unbelievable musician. He can play every single instrument. He does all the recording, all the studio work. So I've worked, you know, with him and helped write songs for him and many of his bands over the years. And we still work on writing songs and trying to get those out there. So we have a lot of videos out there on YouTube with other artists singing our songs. Yeah. And, um, you know, karaoke, I, I knew early on kind of that, you know, I probably wouldn't be the one to execute and deliver and sing these songs. I mean, even though I make my own albums and stuff for fun, um, you know, I was never really going to be the one out there on stage performing, but karaoke gives you that outlet. You know, you can just get up there and do virtually any song you want, any style, and the crowds are always supportive. And uh, so, yeah, it's a really cool thing to have your own songs, but also to be able to get up there and sing other people's songs. And just that, you know, you never know about the track you're getting, of course. Like, sometimes you'll get, you know, a track that's true to the form. And it's even more fun sometimes when you just get this ridiculously awful, you know, track, especially Kiss songs, you know. There's a huge library of Kiss songs out there. I go on this Kiss cruise every year where karaoke is actually a big part of it. Really? They have three or four karaoke nights on the Kiss cruise every November. Um, And some of the tracks are perfect. It sounds like Kiss music or even other artists, you know, just replicated Kiss perfectly. Other times you get these just cheesy keyboard versions of these rockin' songs. And so it's kind of fun, you know, the box of chocolates thing. You never know what you're going to get. So, like, MIDI, you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is, uh, MIDI, we go, we had a joke. I, I mean, like, I think it will be a project. Uh, we haven't recorded anything for it, but we were thinking of having a band name, uh, project called MIDI Evil, <laughs> which is, which is goofy, but awesome in its own sense, uh, because those songs, like, um, when they're put through that MIDI system, it's sometimes, it has some remnants, but if you own it, it also, or you sing it the way you, you want to sing it, it has a, it takes on a whole new life of its own. So there's a, there's a, there's several MIDI songs uh, within the, within even the Sully song book that I'm pretty certain that I've seen um, yeah. and I've sang. <laughs> so, so it's definitely, um, like if you really want to sing a MIDI song, uh, come out, come out, and come out, and and we'll point you in the right direction. <laughs> you know, another another thing I wanted to mention. So that's the one end, which is the horrible quality or laughable quality. Yeah. Um, the other thing I get to do sometimes when I'm in D.C. is go to live band karaoke yeah. and getting out my inner rock star, and that is one of the coolest things ever. I mean, you get up there on stage, you get a there's a band they they play like there's 400 songs on their set list. You choose a song and you get up there, and they have a little iPad, so it's not the lyrics scrolling by, but the you know there are lyrics in front of you if you want them, and you get up there and you perform the song, you know, and that you're pretty exposed up there you gotta you gotta deliver you know you get a lot of people watching and it's really like a concert vibe everyone's facing you you know in the laid-back general karaoke room you know people are having the drinks and talking in the circles but the live band thing's really cool all eyes are pretty much on you and uh that's a pretty fun a little bit of intimidating experience yeah. but it's really cool yeah. yeah i've been to uh live band uh it's been a little while since i've been to live band and and it's one of those things where i've um, one of the th- though I'm a scientist, uh, like the beat thing is actually the thing that like I'm not, never sure like uh, what I'm looking for in it. Like I follow the bouncing bouncing ball on a or like the moving moving words like to a T. So I'm a very visual person, so it works for me. But uh, in uh, in the, the whole screen, 
like flip screen and all that stuff. It's a little bit more challenging for me, but I, it is still like uh, having a band right behind you is awesome, and they do they do help you out and play, like kind of go to your pace. Uh, but it was it is maybe a little bit challenging in that you don't know certain songs. Certain songs have a very um, certain songs like a uh, whole lot of love. Like how how much of it are you actually gonna do of the the whole. Um, uh, Robert Plant, <laughs> you know, just the, the the whole nonsense thing where where with you know m- one of my uh, friends uh, uh, was a uh, was was KJ at at Galaxy Hut um, uh, <laughs> used to love it when people like uh, sign up for a whole lot of love because it's like it's like you do like because not everybody knows what they're signing up for. There's this like there mo- most a lot of the song is just like. A lot of noise and like are you gonna commit it's uh, it's funny to see when people don't commit it's also hilarious to see when people do commit I'm one of the people that commit obviously totally you know another interesting challenge with the live band thing too is the backing vocals you know the first time I ever did it I did rock and roll all night and the group didn't really chime in and help with backing vocals so it, it sounded weird with the isolated vocal and, you know, other times, though, I've done, like, living on a prayer or something, and I can't hit those high, the, oh, high notes. So I'll hold the, you know, I'll hold the mic out to the crowd and rely on them to, to hit those yeah. notes. And usually the crowd pitches in if you pick a real big uh, crowd-pleaser kind of song. But it's a fun experience. It's different, though, because you go to a live band, too, and you might get lucky and get one if maybe two songs in the whole night. You know, if you go to Solly's or another place, you kind of get there early, you can do a song or two. There's not a big crowd, and you kind of practice a little, and... You know, getting a bunch of songs over the night, and that's really the a, a fun thing to do. You know, go out and get three or four or five songs in during the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, kind of what I do. <laughs> like four or five songs. I'm on a slow night. Yeah. Well, uh, usually on a normal night, it's three or four. Yeah. Uh, that's. I always joke about this, but um, I uh, I I try not to close down karaoke places as in when I say close down I mean first one in and first last one out <laughs> because it's it's a it's a number of hours actually uh, so this actually happens amongst my friends quite a bit we we do end up closing down a lot of places right to the end of the right to, right to the end of the night uh, but you know figure out, I'm already out now uh, we might as well stay out <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I know one of the cool traditions you guys have at Solly's is you do the group song at the end of the night and like all the people that are left kind of sing one group song. I think I've only made it to like two of those, you know, usually here on a work night and I, yeah. I, I'm not able to stay for it. But that is a riot and it's a lot of fun and everybody's up there together kind of at the end of the night bonding and, uh, you know. So, so uh, I, I guess, so I'm not a, I don't watch a lot of hockey but one of the coolest, coolest uh, end of the night song, songs, uh, experiences at Sully's I've ever had was um, was when the Capitals won the, won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> it was a Thursday night, so they won, and uh, we had, we did uh, we will rock you, and we are the champions. <laughs> You know, it's funny you mention that because me being from New England, I'm a huge Patriots fan, which gets a lot of booze. And I was out here one night 
uh, shortly after the Patriots had won <laughs> one of their five Super Bowls, and uh, I sang We Are the Champions to like a mixture of like groans and cheers. I'm sure the karaoke was top notch, you know, but but the uh, you know people were not cheering for the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I I'm a I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously know that that uh, I'm definitely not cheering, but it's it's quite okay. <laughs> yeah, right now, right now I'm uh, still I'm I'm realistic about the Bills, but it is it's uh it's yeah I don't really I still love my Bills of uh, the 1990s, so. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually own a um, a hoodie that's. That's a um, a technical Super Bowl hoodie. So the eight bit graphics Buffalo Bills helmet. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I know that like other people have bought it. Uh, I just have never seen anybody else wear it. <laughs> Too funny. Well, Brady's gonna retire in a few years, so maybe your Bills will uh, get back up there. So, what, do you have a go to song that's like your Buffalo Bills theme song? Uh, Actually, yes, it's uh, called Shout. It's actually what the old old song Shout. Yeah, Shout. It's no. actually yeah. yeah okay. Um. Uh, so um, that's actually the the theme song for the Buffalo oh, Bills okay. is uh the Bills want, make me want to shout. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never actually sang it that way. Uh, but uh, usually I sing it the karaoke way, <laughs> uh, or the Animal House way, <laughs> depending on uh how how rowdy the bar is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this uh, Kiss Cruise because, like, after hearing about it, is this like a um, members-only kind of thing? So the Kiss Cruise is a very interesting story. Um, they've done seven of them so far. This year will be Kiss Cruise eight, and I always knew about these things. You know, it would get posted online. Oh, the Kiss Cruise just happened, and they they played all these rare songs, and all these people partied on a boat with Kiss, and it sounded like a dream come true for me, someone being a kiss addict for almost 40 years, you know? I'm like, I gotta go to this cruise, but I can never quite make it. It always left around Halloween. It was like a five, six day cruise. And you know, I had smaller kids at the time and, and I, I just couldn't do it. And a couple of years ago, I got the blessing uh, from my lovely wife to go, uh, yeah, go ahead, find somebody that can go with you and go on this cruise. And I went with a buddy and uh, it is the most amazing experience. You know, you're totally immersed in Kiss World for like five days. You see concert after concert, not just Kiss, but other rock bands that join the boat too. Uh, in the past, you know, it was Cheap Trick and Night Ranger. <laughs> last, year it was, last year it was Extreme and Steel Panther. And, uh, you know, just cool, cool bands and cool, cool people. You know, you're hanging with the rock stars at the bars at night. So not quite the Kiss guys all the time, but, you know, other guys, other supporting bands and you know, you're with people from all over the world. And so I mentioned karaoke is a part of it. You know, they have three nights where they have Kiss Karaoke in one of the bars, and you can go there and sing one of like a hundred different Kiss songs. And a very, very cool thing happened last year. They did live band karaoke on the boat, and it was Gene Simmons' backing band. Um, they go by a big rock show when they're not with Gene. And um, you could pick, they only allowed like 15 people to do this. You had to get there early to sign up. And you could pick not Kiss songs, but one of like 15 or 20 different popular songs. And so you had to pick songs you know the words to, really. There weren't really lyric sheets or anything to follow. 
And I found that one of the songs was Wasted Years by Iron Maiden, which has always been one, one of my favorites. I know you're an Iron Maiden fan. So, you know, it's getting close to midnight, which is early by ship standard, international standards. You know, every night you're out till 4 or 5 in the morning. And I got up there about halfway through the set and sang Wasted Years by Iron Maiden. And I was, like, blown away. This is right in the center of the ship. Extreme had just played there earlier that night. And you know, tons of people up on the balcony and in front of me. And so I'm singing Wasted Years, and I notice, like, just tons and tons of people are waving their fists, and, you know, you feel this power, like, holy shit, I'm like, you know, I felt like Bruce Dickinson for a little while up there singing. And after the show, I can, after I sang my song, I cannot tell you how many people over the next few days came up to me, you're the maiden guy, Wasted Years. <laughs> and most of these people were from other countries, guys from Chile and Holland and, uh, Sweden and just people all over the world and it shows you the power of like rock and roll around the world you know the fact that I got up there and sang a Maiden song and maybe you know it about half as good not even as a real song but everyone was just so damn into it and people from all over the world you know are serious as hardcore as a Kiss fan I am there are serious Iron Maiden fans out there too and people just love the fact that somebody got up there and sang a pretty difficult song yeah. And uh, so it was just really, really cool, you know. Again, the power of karaoke sort of made me friends from around the globe because, you know, now I'm sort of Facebook buddies with these people from all over the place. You know, people barely even speak English, but they speak Iron Maiden, you know. <laughs> so just a very, very cool thing. Yeah. That's an awesome story. That's, that's absolutely awesome. So this, uh, this cruise just sounds like a blast. Now... Uh, there's some karaoke, not a lot. Like there's a lot of uh, performances. So do you? Uh, is there like a costume theme at any point? Yeah. So really, karaoke is just a small part of the trip. You know, the, there's a few nights where they have karaoke night, and it's in one of the bars of like the ten different bars on the ship. This year, the ship sets sail on Halloween, and so people, a lot of people, will dress up. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't in the past. You know, they make up artists on the ship, and you walk right to the center of the ship, and you got people paint your face just perfectly. You know, and I've done it as a family. My family's gone as Kiss a couple of times. I've gone alone many times as Gene Simmons. Uh, so this year, I'm kind of forced to dress up. But it's challenging when you're on a ship. We have all these people dressed up as different Kiss members. You know, how do you be different? Maybe you go as, like, 80s Kiss, not even in makeup, but you wear one of their cheesy, like, 80s neon or, like, uh, leopard print outfits or something. So you got to find a way to like step up the bar a little bit and that's what I'm struggling with so if you, if you have any good ideas I'm, yeah. I'm wide open but I'm thinking like maybe this year would be something maybe like 80s kiss not quite makeup but something a little different uh, the cool thing though is each of the last two years that I've gone I've gotten to meet Gene Simmons and kind of been alone with him in his private suite and kind of talked about just a random different things you know from Scrabble to rock and roll to different bands he's worked with so it's you know it's not for everybody, but if you're a Kiss fan or even a rock and roll fan, it's just an amazing experience. Yeah. And karaoke's just like a little bonus tacked onto the end of it. So I've also dressed up as uh, Gene Simmons uh, for performance karaoke, which is which is uh, silly. And I have a friend to th thank for that. Um, uh, my uh, teammate Kim, uh, she was she's an amazing like like makeup person uh so we decided yeah we went we all went as kiss and we didn't like uh we didn't she did it all on the spot like in less than like 20 minutes so did you just makeup or full costume oh it does make makeup but she did all the makeup with like 20 25 i think it was like 20 minutes she did everybody 
Uh, maybe it was a little bit more than that, but it was absolutely impressive because uh, we, we kind of knew that she could do it because uh, uh, we did the song like we we are family as the Adams family, and I decided that I wanted her to be Uncle Fester, <laughs> so bald cap and, and like total white. <laughs> it was like absolutely goofy. They're like they're like you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so it was just, it was like just like a level of silliness that that um you know I, uh, for me karaoke is a, a lot about um, silliness when you're performing it but uh, I just like getting up there and singing also which is a lot of fun uh, and uh, uh, there's so much stuff that uh, Kiss has has been able to to uh, bring to uh, the culture of uh, American culture basically uh, you look at all the merchandising uh, the movie uh, uh, no, not that one. Detroit Rock City? Yeah, Detroit Rock City. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah. there's so many great one-liners in there. The, the I, I don't condone um, <laughs> underage drinking, obviously, but, but uh, what was it? He takes a, a, a swig of this um, this this drink, and he's like, I think this thing's gone bad or something like that. <laughs> yeah. you're, just like, you're like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. It's just, it's... There's a lot of it that's just like, you're like, oh my god, this is just so, it, uh, it, it's a movie that, especially when you, when you're really young in college, you're like, oh my god, you can totally relate to a lot of these, these times. Yeah. yeah, that movie's really cool because it's very relatable. You don't have to be a Kiss fan. Anybody who's wanted to go to a concert and their parents thought it was too crazy, too wild. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's existed probably 50s when Elvis was shaking his hips, 60s the Beatles, 70s Kiss and others, you know, it just keeps going, Marilyn Manson to this day or other, you know, even crazier things. So it's pretty awesome. Any, I highly recommend, recommend that movie to anybody yeah. and not because of the Kiss factor, just because it's a really cool story yeah. about not getting to do what you want to do and finding a way to do it anyhow, yeah. you know, so we can all relate to that. Yeah. Um, so on one last Kiss note, um, so there's a band that's actually, I don't know if you know the band, because uh, they have actually sold 30 million records, not in the U.S. I love this band, and I've known about this band, like, uh, probably since, since in the 90s, like, uh, when I uh, visited my, uh, my uh, family in the 90s in Hong Kong, and then more of my cousins were like, oh, you gotta listen to this band, and it was when Nirvana was big, so uh, I was really into Nirvana at the time, and and they gave me the CD, and it is the most, like, epic metal on the planet. And the reason why I'm talking about Kiss with this is that the band is X-Japan, and X-Japan, like, uh, the, the drummer is actually the lead person of the band. Like, basically, the, the, lead, the leader of the band. He composes the music. He doesn't sing, um, uh, but he... He composes the music. He it, he has this awesome story of of when his uh, when he was growing up, his parents would buy him an instrument every year, and he'd like master it and play it, and just like have fun with it. And uh, like uh, he lost his father when he was really young. Uh, his father committed suicide, so it, it was that's terrible. But uh, it's influenced his life, and kind of like music is his outlet, and. It was funny because it's funny because he he's a diehard Kiss fan, diehard Kiss fan to to the point of um, uh, there was this re-release of um, Kiss songs. Yeah. 
uh, I think he did, what's that song called? Um, uh, it's, uh, I can't believe I kept forgetting it. Uh, he did like a synthonic version of, can, can you, can you name some kids songs for me? So, it's Pop, a it's, classic one? Like it's Black a, Gun, Black Diamond. Black Diamond. Really? I believe it was Black Diamond. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's Black Diamond, uh, like an orchestral version, yes. which yeah. is like absolutely amazing. So you gotta check this um, this out. Uh, uh, X Japan. Uh, and there's actually a uh, Netflix. That's not Netflix. It's uh, a YouTube uh, documentary a few years ago that talks about uh, X Japan because oh, they totally. they like they when I say thirty million records, they only they. They actually haven't been making records all that time. They actually lost bandmates to suicide. Uh, they lost a bandmate to a cult for a number of years. So and, and then uh, so they disbanded and they for about a good 10, 15 years and then they reformed and and they're rocking it out now. Um, uh, so to tell you how popular uh, X Japan is. Uh, this drummer Yoshiki Yoshiki is um he's got a he's got a Hello Kitty designed after him and it's the fourth most popular Hello Kitty wow. <laughs> in Japan <laughs> yeah I know Kiss you mentioned the merchandise and Kiss has Hello Kitty stuff even or Hello Kiss so I gotta check that out I'm, I'm excited to see that you know there's been so many different artists that have covered and done different Kiss things over the years so uh, it's remarkable it's unbelievable like just how I like, got uh, and it it was funny funny when him telling the story he's like he's like Kiss changed my life <laughs> he's like, Mom, I want to go to see a Kiss concert. <laughs> and, and oh, uh, yeah, maps. I I would be surprised if he wasn't because he lives in L.A. now, and uh, they uh, Gene Simmons and him have have done interviews together, so they have talked about each other. And uh, you know, I think uh, there was a clip. There's a YouTube clip that says that, like, uh, if Japan, if, if X Japan was, uh, like, spoke English. Like English is the the language of rock. Yeah. Um, if uh, they spoke English, they'd they'd rule the planet. Basically, sure. was was what he said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll have to send you some of the stuff. Like you would be, it's unbelievable. Wow. Some of the stuff, uh, some of the instrumentals, like it borderlines on like heavy metal and classic classical music kind of thing, which is like nuts, <laughs> which is really awesome. Uh, now. Uh, now we're gonna do a small segue into uh, more about Scott. Uh, so prior to prior to um, this podcast interview, I didn't know that Scott like wrote music, and I want to learn a little bit more about his process and and a little bit more about uh, his inspiration uh, in and in. Uh, yeah, give us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so my songwriting goes back all the way to like 1983, believe it or not. So I've been writing songs, I guess, for 35 years or so. And it's funny because you mentioned the inspiration, and you're going to laugh. Nobody, I don't know how many songwriters would list this person as their first songwriting inspiration, but mine is actually Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> so and I've never done a Weird Al karaoke song. Yeah. I'm guessing you might have. 
I don't I know. Have, I'm sure I have. Uh, but that being said, you know, when Weird Al started, and you know, I was in seventh grade or something at the time, um, I was like, wow, that's so cool how he writes these parody songs. And so I started writing a handful of parody songs. And, um, you know, that quickly segued into my love for rock and roll and heavy metal in the early 80s. You know, right around that time, Quiet Riot came out with their first album, and then Twisted Sister and all, you know, heavy metal and MTV kind of exploded. And so I'm like, oh, I can write songs just like these guys. Of course, I didn't have their life experience. You know, I'm 12, 13 years old, and I'm writing about, you know, hookers and drinking and all the stuff that I, you know, never had much experience with, right? And, uh... So, you know, I started writing all kinds of rock songs and, um, you know, as my musical experiences evolved, so did my songwriting. And so I was at a point when I was younger, you know, I'd write several songs a week and a lot of them would be just total crap, you know, but I'd hear the melodies in my head. I could not play any instruments whatsoever, really can barely do that. A couple of years ago, I started playing guitar, but uh, playing, quote unquote, you know, uh, is not that strong, but... Um, since a very, very young age, I've heard these melodies and I come up with lyrics very quickly and, you know, stories and ideas. And I've written probably a thousand songs, maybe more, or pieces of them anyhow. And um, so to this day, I still write songs. Back in high school in the late 80s, I worked at a Wendy's. And uh, my good friend Jeff, who I met through Wendy's and several other good friends through that too, you know, he was a guitar player. And more than a guitar player, he could play piano, he could play every instrument under the sun. And he started learning how to record and produce and was in different bands. And so I'd occasionally, you know, pitch him different song ideas. And we'd sit and write together and he'd be like, well, I like this concept, but can you make this a little different or that a little different? Or can you make this heavier or softer or whatever the case may be? And so, you know, really got into the fine art of songwriting with, you know, especially with Jeff as my main songwriting partner over the years. And we've continued to do that. And so... Over the last couple of years, in particular, country music has taken off. And, you know, they tell country songwriters are some of the best songwriters in the world. They tell incredible stories. Yeah. Um, at the same time, my younger daughter, Brooke, uh, you know, she's now a teenager, but when she was a few years younger, you know, she started writing songs and wanted to record them, and I kind of helped her flush out some ideas. So we've got this wide variety now of pop songs and rock songs and country songs, and we've been trying to figure out how do we get those out there. So we have some you know, good friends that have helped us make videos, and we've, um, we've produced some real high-quality stuff, in my opinion, and we're trying to figure out how do we get this out there? How do we get, you know, we're kind of reaching for the stars. We want Carrie Underwood to record one of our songs, or we want the Foo Fighters to record one of our rock songs. And so uh, I've even tried to pitch one of my songs to Gene Simmons. I've physically handed him a copy of one of our songs that I think would be the ideal next Kiss song if they were to do a record. So... Uh, that's really one of my biggest passions in life. Anytime I read something or see something, I'm not like, I don't just see the words. I'm like, hey, that's a song. Yeah. You know, somebody, and if you can find a unique way to put a spin on something or relate to somebody or at home, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of magic. And that's yeah. just something I've been chasing for many, many years. And I, I still haven't given up on that dream. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, uh, so with these melodies, do you like, when you hear them, they're easy for you to remember? 
Yeah, you know, one of the greatest things in the world has been having my iPhone for the last, you know, oh. eight, nine years. I'll record a voice memo, and as an example, you know, the song that I wrote, specifically, I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm Paul Stanley. I'm in Kiss. I want to write the next Kiss song. And I was at a hotel room in Chicago on a business trip, and I sat there, and I spent a couple hours writing the song, coming up with an idea and melody, actually over a couple of days. And when I finally thought I had something that made sense... You know, I'd record a voice memo, and I'd send it to Jeff, and I'd be like, hey, this is really rough, but what do you think? Can you make this into a Kiss song? And he'd send me back a riff or some of the general ideas, and we'd get together. And so being able to record this stuff is good. I sort of, I don't have a photographic memory by any means yeah. whatsoever, but these melodies will stick with me. You know, I'll, yeah. I can look at any one of my thousand songs, and I know exactly what I wanted it to sound like. Yeah. A lot of times an existing song will be somewhat of an inspiration. Yeah. You know, just a basic beat or line or something that you can kind of remember so I um, yeah they just happen to stick in my head and that's why I love listening to new music I don't just listen to the stuff I grew up on I listen to lots of new stuff and lots of different styles even country I'll just randomly see what's at the top of the charts and I'll listen to a song and it might inspire a melody that takes me in a totally different direction than that existing song um, but yeah I'm just fascinated by songwriting and um, bringing songs to life and thankfully I have some great friends that know how to do that yeah, no, we we definitely want to. Um, well, Revolutionary Exchange Productions definitely want wants you to visit more often <laughs> and yeah. just hang out because uh, there's uh, there's plenty of times that we are um, a creative group that um, uh, uh, have a lot of projects that's um, just kind of we're we're um, I would say getting moving on really um uh, is uh where that that is like for example picasso hut is a it's not just a karaoke challenge or a karaoke um um adventure it actually is meant to be a performance rock uh, is what our goal is eventually so part of the reason why i've been taking as much improv is to hone my my uh, my ability to play a character better uh learn how to uh, emote, uh, play emotions better, and also just be be a uh, also have a better understanding of writing. Because I'm a scientist by day, I don't do a lot of creative. Yeah. In fact, I don't. I do next to zero for creative writing, and I'm trying to you know basically figure out a framework. Uh, I'm going to participate in Ninorama, um, uh, the November National Writing Month. To uh, to kind of like uh, force myself into writing, uh, just a concept of what I would like to um, perform. So we definitely would love, love your feedback on something like this, where where you know um, you have a wealth of experience, which is awesome, <laughs> and you have a, a music a uh, a wide variety of musical tastes that you know Professor Rex and myself really enjoy. <laughs> It's kind of funny. I think I have to, one, put on my bucket list, uh, somehow writing together, you know, especially with Professor Rex. I'd love to do yeah. some kind of rap song. That's one genre. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a huge fan of, like, the Beastie Boys and a lot of old-school rap stuff, and I love writing, like, stream of consciousness and firing out and coming up with clever, unique rhymes that and a lot of those don't work in the sort of country and rock things that I do write. So uh, that would be a really cool experience. Yeah. 
And, you know, I told you got me thinking, too, I can totally relate. My background is much more financial and business related and so far from music and karaoke. You know, it's like you work all day just to get to your vice and uh, whatever that may be. So really, really, uh, you got me thinking there. We got to got to collaborate one of these days. Yeah, definitely. So uh, with that, I'm going to sign off. Uh, I think uh, we have had a very good, good uh, interview and interviewee session. And uh, yeah, actually, the next thing on our docket is to go see Sean's uh, sketch showcase. And we're uh, then uh, possibly heading to Crockett Grill later. (laughs) So uh, um, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll hope you'll uh, stay tuned for our next uh, guest. And thank you again.